get ready to be jolted out of the ordinary and into a world where conversations are charged with intensity and facts. The Lightning Strike Talk Radio with your host, Mohammed Fahim, broadcasting live from the heart of the city on Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio, WCPT 820 AM. Welcome to a radio show that charges through the airwaves with an electricity like no other. Here's your host, Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, Chicago. Again, another frozen Monday, folks. I hope everyone is keeping warm. Joining me in the studio today again is uh, Ken DeLuke. Howdy, folks. And John Arena. And we have a power-packed show for you today. Also joining us at about 9.15 will be Dr. Azar Khwadar, who is the founder of the Compassionate Care Network, and uh, he's a retired surgeon, and we'll be talking to him about something very important, especially as far as our health care, or rather our sick care is concerned. That's the way that he likes to put it. Our health care system is totally screwed up, and uh, we'll be getting some input from Dr. Kwadar on what is happening, especially with regards to a simple thing or a not-so-simple thing as diabetes. Uh, joining me also shortly would be uh, Michelle, and uh, Michelle Alfano would be giving us a quick update on what's happening with Eric's case, as uh, every week we are following up on that. And also, folks, uh, this coming Saturday, uh, January 27th, we are going to be doing a community gathering. The Plainfield Community Alliance is a group that is trying to bring the community together, and uh, break some barriers, build bridges. So Saturday, 27th of January, 10.30 to 1 o'clock at the Plainfield Central High School in Plainfield. Uh, if you have the time, please go ahead and come and, and joining us. We'd love to uh, have you over there. So, Ken, uh, you want to start off by saying uh, some of the topics that we will be covering today. You guys uh, uh, were kind of uh, very hard to trot on uh, Something that people need to know today. What, what was it? Well, um, the Supreme Court is um, taking on a very obscure case, Lober Bright Enterprises versus Gina Ramondio. And basically it's about offshore fishing, hmm. which doesn't seem like it makes uh, any major impact to anybody. But this is like really, really important. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what it basically does is it's um, putting into question the rights of. In fact, John, I'm going to like let, let you explain Chevron um, Doctrine. Chevron Doctrine sounds very so, very ominous. Yes. <laughs> okay. So explain what that is, and then I'll go further in explaining sure. what it means to everybody listening here. Okay, so folks. Sh- and if you have any questions uh, that you would like uh, us to answer. The number to call in is 773-763-9278. You're tuned in to The Lightning Strikes and the mornings on WCPD, Chicago's progressive talk radio station. Ken and John, go ahead, guys. So essentially the Chevron Doctrine, which has been in place for about 40 years based on a case, obviously, about Chevron, uh, and, and basically environmental oversight. So it allows judges to defer to agencies when it comes to figuring out how to implement a law if there are disputes over how to interpret the language Congress has passed. And this is incredibly common, even right here in the city council. At mm-hmm. the end of every ordinance that I worked on, it said, you know, the department is allowed to propagate rules. So you basically can't put every last detail into a law. You 
create okay. a framework, and then the agencies are the ones that implement. They're the professionals. They're the ones that have detailed information about fisheries in the case of this case or whatever it is that the government is regulating. Okay. So that's that's what they're trying to overturn here, which would open up a Pandora's box of what is the role of the bureaucracy and the experts that we employ in our government to actually implement the laws. Is it going to be a judge? Is it going to be Congress? Or is it going to be the people that have expert or experts in the field? That's really important because say you have a judge who has a certain bias and he was appointed, not elected, and he has some, you know, uh, people backing him that, he, you know, that he wants to promote their special interests as opposed to the interest of the community at large. Let me just ask you this. Which of these things would you like to eliminate if this thing goes through? The EPA. Okay? They're out there to regulate pollution. Do you want some judge saying no? You know, they can just forget about the the carbon footprint, forget about everything else, and in three and a half years, we get past that tipping point for environmental regulations, and then your kids and grandkids are going to live in 115-degree temperatures most of the year. Do you want the USDA not to take care of your food supply and, like, let, you know, special interests decide that, no, we don't have to regulate this stuff and get people get sick. The FDA, as far as your drugs, you don't want to make sure that the drugs are making, um, you know, that are, are safe for you. Do you want OSHA not to protect the workers? Do you not want uh, the CS or the CPSC to keep dangerous toys and consumer products out of, uh, you know, there? Do you want the FTC not to regulate monopolies, so again, people can just take advantage and charge you more money. Do you want the Department of Transportation to come up with highway and automobile safety standards that can be eliminated because of these special interests, or the uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms to not to regulate guns and you know uh, assault rifles and that type of thing? Do you want the Interior Department not to regulate drilling and mining on federal lands? I mean, let's just destroy the environment on that end. The Forest Service to protect our woodlands and rivers. The FCC to protect us from internet predators, and the Department of Labor for depec- you know protecting labor rights. Basically, this stupid decision that they're talking about right now could change everything. This is really, really important. Now, they're not going to be judging on this until what? Um, I think they think a couple of months. Yeah, it'll be a couple of months May. down the road. But this is something that has to be on everyone's <clears throat> radar right now. Reach out. Give your call to your congressman, your, you know, whoever you, you want to make a voice on to let us know we cannot let... The protection, the government, like everyone says, oh, well, you know, like Reagan said back in the day, you know, uh, I'm here, you know, I'm from the government, I'm here to protect you. Well, actually, that's really true. There's certain things that individuals cannot do. We do need the federal government to oversee things that you and I and everyone else can't do on an individual basis. This is really, really, really important. We have to have these... uh, we have to have structures. I mean, we have to have, we can't, it's funny because, you know, there's corporate interests that are like, we don't want government telling us what to do. But we also, you know, as population, I don't think we want our rivers to light on fire, mm-hmm. right? So when we when we didn't have these kind of structures, these were the kind of impacts. People would just, they're like, well, if they catch me and give me a fine, maybe. 
But if there is no regulation, if there is no department, you know, the interesting thing about why a fisheries, you know, uh, issue, it's what the core of this is, is who's paying for that uh, EPA employee to be on the boat making sure they're not pulling, you know, uh, endangered species out or catching dolphins in nets and things like that. That's what motivated this particular case. But the, the thing is, in the arguments, it took them a half hour to even get to talking about fisheries at all. And in that, it was passing. This goes to, as you said, the core of what is government's role in making sure we are safe, regardless of what it is. From products that we buy for our kids to food that we eat to what kind of world we're going to live in and our kids are going to live in. So, folks, uh, very important for us to hold our government accountable. Very important for us to hold our judiciary accountable also. Because most of these judges are appointed. And especially in the case of the Supreme Court and the federal judges, they are appointed for life, right? Yeah. I mean, and these are the guys who are supposed to be nonpartisan. But if you look at some of the recent decisions that are coming down from the federal judiciary and the Supreme Court, I mean, it is so partisan, it's crazy. And uh, unless we, as the citizens of this country, wake up and take notice of this and talk about it, things are not going to change. Uh, On that note, folks, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after that with a quick update from Michelle Alfano on what's happening with Eric's case. Are you a business looking for the right talent or a job seeker searching for your dream career? Look no further than the Center for Strategic Solutions, your workforce solution experts. Our experienced team at the Center for Strategic Solutions is dedicated to connecting employers with top-tier talent and helping job seekers find opportunities that truly align with their goals. We're more than just consultants. We're your partners in success. Ready to take your workforce to the next level or land that ideal job? Contact the Center for Strategic Solutions today at at 1-847-306-9274 or visit us online at www.cfssus.com. The Center for Strategic Solutions, your bridge to a brighter future in the Windy City. The number to call is 847-306-9274 or send an email to info at cfssus.com. That is info at cfssus.com. Hey folks, did you know there's a program in Illinois that if you qualify for it, would allow you to get solar installed in your home at no out-of-pocket cost? The benefit to you would be a reduction of your electric bill, possibly as high as 30 to 50%, and more importantly, you would take out the uncertainty of almost guaranteed future price increases imposed from your electric company. If you'd like to see if you can qualify for this program, call Kendall Luke at 312-617-8979. That's 312-617-8979. Help us save the environment and change that electric bill burden. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, folks, and uh, welcome back to the Lightning Strike. Joining us on the air today is Dr. Azar Khwadar. He is the co-founder of the Compassionate Care Network and a retired surgeon. Good morning, Dr. Khwadar. Welcome to WCPT. Good morning, well, uh, thank you so much for, for calling in. So the other day we were talking about the 
health care or rather the sick care in our country, the way that you put it. And uh, I was very intrigued, wanted to know a little bit more about uh, what were your thoughts on that? Why are you calling it sick care instead of health care? Well, we've been for a long time talking about this uh, issue that we are basically treating patients down the line after they become diagnosed, but we have not bothered to look at the upstream situation with reference to preventing the diseases that we're dealing with. Okay. Well, uh, I think uh, the, the budget that we are spending is about $4 trillion on health care, and a very tiny, minuscule amount of that is spent on preventive care. So there's a need for us to focus on growing care. Okay, and especially I think uh, you were talking to me the other day with regards to diabetes and uh, the continuous glucose monitoring systems that are out there, which can be so critical in saving money down the road for our systems as a whole. So can you talk a little bit about that and what are the contingencies that the insurance companies are saying, oh, no, you, we're not going to allow this, uh, when they should be allowing it. So what was that? Yeah, no, I think this is, again, political theme. As you know, healthcare is such a political football and everybody plays with it according to their preferences. And every year there is a big debate on all of these issues that are healthcare-related, but nothing really seems to get done. Okay. Uh, the, the issue with the diabetes has been that uh, they did not want to have anything to do with the promotion of the prevention side till the, uh, in the, uh, the Interest Reduction Act came into the picture. And at that time, I think Biden was able to get it passed because of uh, other contingencies that were in this uh, Inflation Reduction Act that they wanted to get through. So what they have done now is uh, they have allowed the cap on the expenses for insulin coverages to be at $35 per month for mm -hmm. patients that are insulin-dependent and they are U.S. citizens and enrolled in the Medicare program. Okay. So that used to be uh, a big fight also because I think the cost was over a couple of hundred dollars every month for a lot of patients. And it was becoming an issue for the seniors who were on fixed budgets and that kind of stuff. So finally, I think they were able to bring that down to $35 a person per month for the diabetes uh, insulin dependent patients. But the other patients are still left out. And there are about uh, 90 million people in the country who are pre diabetic. There are about 37 million who are diabetic. Out of the 37 million, about 27 million know that they are diabetic, and about another 7, 8 million don't even know that they have diabetes. Wow. And so there is a huge problem with reference to the incidence and the prevalence of diabetes, which is one of the chronic medical conditions that drives the cost of health care in, in the country. The other ones, of course, are coronary artery disease, and uh, obesity and uh, blood pressure. Those are the chronic medical conditions that if we were to lump them all together with diabetes, they account for about 80% of the budget that we are spending on health care. Okay. Again, 
used to be three three trillion dollars not too long back, and has jumped up to four trillion dollars. And the pandemic showed the evidence of the fallacy that we have in taking care of the healthcare needs of our people without being on a flat, uh, universal basis for everybody. There are about 20 million people that are still uninsured in the country, and they don't have any access to affordable health care. And so there were the people that showed up as a result of the disparity in the health care system that we have that showed up at the pandemic. We had a disproportionate number of people who were in the African-American community, mm-hmm. who were also in the uh, Hispanic community, who were suffering as a result of the pandemic, and who were in the mortality figures that were the highest. So therefore, I think uh, we were talking the other day that uh, there is a need for us to use the preventive side of the equation much more so that we can get to the bottom of this problem in a way that would make better sense. At this time, uh, we are not clearly doing that. So the CGM is a continuous glucose monitoring tool mm-hmm. that is now available for people to identify what they're doing in terms of the diet that they're consuming and the results that they're having in their levels of the blood sugar. Not everybody responds to the same diet the same way. The biology of every individual is different. And so when you consume a particular item of food that you are able to tolerate much better with the blood sugar remaining low, another person will not be able to replicate the same results. And these results are always a questionable kind of a number that we can't find out unless we do a fingerprint exam of uh, the blood sugar. Okay. And that was a huge inconvenience. And the continuous glucose monitor comes into the picture, and what it does is there is a sensor that you apply to your arm, and that sensor then gives you a continuous level of your blood sugar throughout the 24 hours that you are watching over it. And that, I think, is a game changer in terms, in terms of knowing what you're eating, and what it is doing to your system, and in terms of the results in the blood sugar, you can see for yourself what's happening. Okay, so uh, if I go to my primary care physician and I ask him to prescribe this, because I think it's by prescription only, I can't just go and, and buy that continuous glucose monitoring system myself, can I? No, you can't. You have to go through a licensed physician, and uh, it can be a primary care doctor or anybody else who has to prescribe that. The prescription is not really a problem. I think uh, it is the issue with the coverage on the other side with the insurances. So the pharmacy will fill it if you have a licensed physician requesting that to be filled up. Okay. But then there are the costs involved. Mm-hmm. And the normal cost of these would run about $300 for the month. And if you are on Medicare and you are insulin-dependent and requiring insulin, then it's all available for free. So then this is why I think uh, it is important for people who are diabetic and on insulin and are on Medicare to know about this program and make sure, make sure that they are asking for it and then getting the benefit from it. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Khadr, for joining us. And uh, before you go, I would like you to please say a couple of words about the Compassionate Care Network and uh, what is this group and what do you guys do with that? Thank you. Yes, we have been doing this work for about 20 years or more now. And this is a non-profit uh, 501c3 organization that has uh, a few goals in, in mind. From the beginning, it has been access to affordable health care that has been our passion. And we have always said that access to health care should be a universal right and it should not be a privilege in America. Number two, we have said that health screenings are important to identify people at risk of health risk, and this can be only accomplished if uh, we are offering it in communities on a free basis. And this has been for diabetes, for blood pressure, for heart disease, and for dental health, and for uh, weight management, that we have been promoting this on a weekly basis. My uh, team, uh, our team has included... uh, uh, people that are physicians and uh, nurses and uh, medical students who have uh, come into the picture to do the volunteer work and do this on a weekly basis at different locations in the community. Wonderful. Thank you and so much. Uh, we do webinars. Webinars are uh, one more thing I would add if you allow me to. Okay. We do webinars for education. And uh, this is for health education in terms of the same thing that we're talking about now with you that the community can benefit from on diabetes management and weight management. Wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Khadar, for joining us. Folks, the website for the Compassionate Care Network is ccnamerica.com, ccn for Compassionate Care Network, america.com. Please go ahead and visit and get involved and Take advantage of these services that are being provided uh, by this great team that is out there. And uh, we'll be right back after a quick uh, break with uh, Michelle Alfano and uh, an update on what's happening with Eric's case. You are tuned in to The Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Muhammad Fahim. With me in the studios today again, Ken DeLuc and John Arena. Did you know there's an Illinois mandate that states by 2025, ComEd has to have 25% of the energy they deliver come from a green source? Because of this, plus the fees and taxes you've already paid on this program, if you qualify, you can get solar on your home at no out-of-pocket cost. This can mean an average savings on your electric bill of maybe 30 to 50%. More importantly, it would eliminate the uncertainty of ComEd raising your rates by whoever knows how much each year. Some people have noticed a 41% increase on their bill this spring, and ComEd has been asking for another 80% increase over the next four years. If your average bill is 200 bucks a month now, maybe it could be reduced to 100 bucks a month. Now, five years, would you rather pay 115 or possibly four to 500? If you'd like to see if you can qualify for this program, call Kendall Luke at 312-617-8979. That's 312-617-8979. Help us save the environment and change that electric bill burden. That's 312-617-8979. Take advantage of this program while it's still available. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, folks, and welcome back to the Lightning Strike. Again, it's a frozen morning out there, Sunday mornings. Thank you so much for spending your Sundays with us. And uh, please remember that we have this community gathering in Plainfield happening next Saturday from 1030 to 1 o'clock. Do come in. It's going to be at the Plainfield Central High School, 24210. 
West Ford Beggs Drive in Plainfield. And uh, the whole idea is to bring the community together so we can, you know, build some bridges, uh, break some barriers, get to know each other. And uh, I have this concept that I'm trying to put across that each one teach one. Unless you know who your neighbor is, you're not going to break any, uh, you know, build any bridges with your neighborhoods. And uh, so important for us, especially in today's uh, social media world, when all our actions are somehow being manipulated by people out there who are being paid big bucks to make sure that you listen to them and... Uh, you do what they are asking you to do. And by the way, we will be talking about some of those things coming up also as to this political action committees that we talked about, uh, John, uh, you know, in the last show and uh, the impact that these guys are having, especially some of the PACs that are focused on uh, hurting our Congress people. There's, there's mm-hmm. this huge push now by APAC and all of those other PACs to bring down some of the uh, people in Congress. And uh, my question again is, I mean, uh, what is this? Are they trying to buy the the, the entire country? But that is a question that uh, we will definitely be addressing. Mohammed, are you saying there's a problem with money in politics? Oh, no. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Okay, (laughs) everybody is sold. We know that, okay? All our politicians are paid and sold especially for a few of them. It's big money that's out there. I know a congressman over here in Illinois who had more money in his in his campaign fund than both of the state senators combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This guy had like $15 million the last time I checked in his campaign fund, John. I'm like, who the heck is paying that kind of money and what kind of obligations is this guy keeping up to the people who are paying him that kind of money when both state, state senators combined had less than $7 million. Yeah. Uh, so you, you talk about money in politics. It's yeah, still folks. quite a bit of money. It's quite a bit <laughs> of money. Okay. Uh, we got Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much uh, for holding on. A quick update to what's happening with Eric. Good morning, Mohammed and team. So thanks for having me. Thank you for having the vision. I, As you know, I'm working on the Eric Strang case, and Eric has been uh, eligible for parole for seven years now, and he's being held at Newton Correctional Facility under Beth Skinner, the director of the Iowa Department of Corrections. Uh, Eric sent a letter to me this week, and I'd like to read it because it's just a beautiful, quick statement to people who have supported Eric. And at the end of reading this, I will give my email. If anyone would like to write to Eric, they can email me, and we'll certainly post his address as well. So it says, this is written in January of 2024, Dear Friends, I hope your 2024 gets off to a great start. This past year was one of the most difficult I've ever been through. Somehow I was able to remain positive through some incredibly difficult and trying times. What made all the difference was the support I had from so many of you. I have been the recipient of so much compassion, love, and goodwill. Many of you have written letters, made phone calls, helped financially, and given so much of your time to help me. 
Each of you have helped me in your own way and have made incredible contributions. I cannot express how thankful I am for this outpouring of support. I am hopeful 2024 will be the year that things change, thanks to your efforts. I look forward to the day that will be here very soon when I will get to thank you in person. You are all friends and family to me now. I am forever grateful. Sincerely, Eric. Oh, boy. Uh, folks, again, we continue to follow Eric's case. And uh, on that, uh, we've got Malcolm calling in from Chicago with a message for Governor Reynolds. Uh, Malcolm, good morning. You are on WCPT on the lightning strike. Yes, thank you, uh, Mohammed. Uh, yes, I want to say to Governor uh, Kim Reynolds that the people, they don't want policies that are going to be basically lock them up and throw away the key. We have to believe in second chances, especially for young people. You know, my God, Eric was only 19, and, you know, if, if this is the trend, I'm just concerned for the future, you know, the youth, the future of America. So that's my message to Kim Reynolds. Uh, Malcolm, thank you so much uh, for calling in. Again, folks, if you want to join us, uh, share your thoughts with us. The number to call in is 773-763-9278. Uh, again, it's Sunday morning. We are here every Sunday from 9 in the morning till 10 o'clock, rain or shine or snow or cold or freezing <laughs> weather. Uh, John, continuing our conversation, one of the things that I have been monitoring, folks, and we've been talking about this, this entire thing that is happening in the Middle East now, this so-called war, war can be between two countries, not between a country which is so technologically advanced uh, and by the way, they are being paid with our tax dollars and uh, going after somebody and ripping that entire country, that entire area to shreds, that's not war. And then recently, a couple of days back, the Israeli army now blew up the entire country. We have been watching that and then they blew up a university. And remember, it's not something that they can come back and say, oh, no, no, you know what, uh, uh, there were terrorists in the university. That university was actually being used as a base for the last two months by the Israeli army. Mm -hmm. So what is the sense in blowing it up? It is not so much just the university also. There was also a, a building, you know, close to which, uh, which had like over 3,000 artifacts, uh, historical uh, rare artifacts in National Museum near the university campus. Everything was blown away. And we are letting this tail wag the dog over here by supporting these kind of efforts. How long can this continue, John? Well, I hope not much longer. I mean, I think we're far beyond the uh, getting retribution for the 1,200 1, or so, you know, uh, yeah. Israelis that were killed on October, uh, you know, 7th. 7th, yep. But, I mean, we're now to the point where of 26 hospitals in Gaza, only 13 are even functioning. They're functioning at far beyond their capacity. They have no medicine. They have no anesthetic. Yep. They, they cannot treat people. We we I mean, we're just now seeing this is a horror show of mass bombings, mass killings, and it's beyond uh, defend defending their territory. Yeah, and any any time any time we want to speak about something like that, uh, they jump down your throat and say, "Oh, you're being anti-Semitic." No, folks, 
Oh, do you do you condemn Hamas? Yeah, of course we condemn Hamas. But at the same token, we definitely condemn what is happening with our tax dollars over there, folks. This is unbelievable. It is unforgivable. And I've been asking time and again for our Congress to step up, our president to step up and condemn what is happening. Mr. President, again, this is an appeal for you. You can just pick up the phone. But hey, Netanyahu is not listening to you. He's disrespecting you every single day in and out. Why are you taking it? There's a blatant hypocrisy going on right here. Um, basically, the U.S. position was to um, the Palestinians, you have to recognize Israel as a state um, before, you know, we will support what you're doing, which they didn't do. But then, on the other hand, Israel is not recognizing the Palestinian state either. So where is the equity involved in this? I mean, why are we favoring one group over another and there are two separate goods, groups that should live together? This doesn't make any sense. Well, we will continue the conversation, folks, and you're welcome to call in and uh, have your say on this. Uh, but we have David calling in from San Francisco uh, from the medical school. David, good morning. You're on WCPT on the lightning strike. Thank you for calling in. What can we help you with? You know, I was interested in the medical issues, but it's funny. Sure, David, David, I think uh, we have a bad connection. Uh, Do you mind, uh, if you're on the speaker, just take your phone off speaker and speak directly into the phone. Okay, now there's there's a lot of disturbance uh, coming in. See if you can Uh, get off the headset if possible. Is that better? Uh, still, still not coming through clear. You want to uh, call back on on a regular phone? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll call back. Okay, thank you, David. So, folks, uh, here we are talking about uh, issues again every Sunday morning. We bring up local issues. We bring up national issues. We bring up international issues. The show that we have on, we call it. It is of the people. For the people, by the people. It is your show. It's not my show. It's not, you know, John's show or, or uh, Ken's show. But you can support us by also going to our website. Uh, we are trying to see not to take uh, corporate advertising on this show. So our website is tlschicago.com, which is the lightning strike. You'll see a donate button over there. If you can make a donation to keep the show going, we would really, really appreciate it. We're also going to be setting up a Patreon account so that you can continue to listen. We have also started the Lightning Strike podcast, and you'll see a link to that on the website for tlschicago.com. And I think uh, we got uh, a couple of callers calling in, and let's see what our callers have to say. Let's uh, see David is back on. David, good morning. You're back on. Let's hope we have a better connection this time. Yeah, how's that? Uh, better than better. before. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, well, I was interested, I, as you were talking about Gaza, it, it crosses my mind that this may be more of an issue of merchants in the temple. Uh, you, 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 do I remember right that Semite is a whole variety of different people, not only Jews? Right, they're Christian Semites, they're Muslim Semites, they're agnostic Semites. They're, it's it's it, and and for it, it's such a phony use of that word, but it also gets involved in merchants in the temple who are abusing the 
Ten Commandments who are abusing the, the religion of, of uh, the Hebrews and uh, and pretending that a land grab uh, can be a, a religious act. And um, if you remember uh, the social contract, that was, you know, when humans were able to finally get rid of the kings who mm-hmm. claimed that God put them in charge. And if God put him in charge, then God was supposed to look out. Uh, the king was supposed to look out for the every sparrow, and uh, and not be murdering them willy nilly. And the idea that the kings and and the social contract uh, were an important part of civilization being able to emerge from slavery. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea that corporations at this point don't have a social contract. And what corporations are working with, uh, you know, Netanyahu's gang uh, to, uh, they're taking orders from Netanyahu's gang. Maybe we should yank corporate charters all over the world of, of major corporations that are taking part in this murder. Well, thank you so much uh, for for your input, David. You're you're so absolutely right. It's not just uh, the corporations taking orders from Netanyahu. Our president and our Congress are taking um, you know orders from Netanyahu. It seems like, and that uh, folks needs to be addressed. We have an election coming up. Make sure that you go out and vote and hold our uh, rep, you know our representatives accountable for putting humanity first rather than anyone else's, uh, you know, ideas. Uh, it's uh, not so much the Jewish people. There's so many good Jewish people out there. It is the Zionist ideology. And uh, Zionism is not, uh, you know, restricted to Jews, John. Did you know that? I mean, there are plenty of no, Christian Zionists. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, our president has said, I'm proud to be a Zionist. So you go figure that out, folks. And um, we got uh, Lamont Robinson calling in. Uh, Lamont, good morning. Uh, you are on WCPT. Thank you so much for joining us. What's on your mind, my friend? Uh, good morning. I just want to thank you for the opportunity uh, to uh, be on your show this morning and really talk about uh, some of the things that are going on in the fourth ward, the ward that I represent, and the uh, city of Chicago. Thank you so much, Lamont. And uh, uh, Representative uh, Lamont Robinson is our person of the week. And uh, Sheila uh, was, is supposed to come in and introduce uh, introduced Lamont, but uh, Sheila is running a little bit behind because we actually wanted to take Lamont at, at 9.45. But now that we got you on, Alderman, Good morning. Welcome to WCPT and the Lightning Strike. Thank you again for having me. Go ahead. Uh, let me. Uh, what's going on in the fourth ward? Let, let me see what's happening in the fourth ward because we got John Arena sitting here. John used to be the alderman for the forty-fifth ward. So alderman to alderman, John, you take it. <laughs> well, well, you, this is your uh, this is your first term, right? You were elected in this in the the recent election. And uh, why don't you tell us about why don't you tell us what's going on in the fourth ward and what some of your priorities are? Well, good morning to you, and uh, it is certainly uh, good to be on the line uh, this morning with you. Some of the major priorities for me is the old Michael Reese site. Uh, we want to uh, develop that site. It has unfortunately been dormant uh, for several years. Uh, you might remember that uh, the city purchased this uh, when we thought that we were going to get the Olympics, and mm-hmm. you know how long mm-hmm. uh, of a time that was. 
And then also uh, just development across the ward, uh, bringing in new businesses. Uh, we also need uh, affordable uh, housing uh, in the fourth ward. And then also uh, working on uh, legislation uh, to, uh, again, uh, bring in uh, affordable housing to uh, incentivize developers to be able to do that. Uh, but uh, the ward goes as far south as Hyde Park along the lakefront uh, to Jackson. Uh, I always share, folks, if you can think about Jones College Prep and Kenwood High School, those are the two bookends of the ward uh, that I'm happy to represent. That's fantastic. Um, what are some of the things that are going on in housing um, that you're working on with the administration? Well, uh, you know that uh, we have uh, brought Bring Home Chicago. I know that there uh, is um, some some thoughts on that from both sides, but we have to be able to house folks. Uh, I'm in a ward that uh, continues uh, to con- increase in rents. Um, and it's very difficult uh, to folks uh, to be able to find a nice, affordable place to rent, particularly our working folks. And so that is a focus for me, Alderman, uh, again, uh, to make sure that uh, I have a ward that is affordable, also a ward that's safe and someone can uh, walk and grab a cup of coffee, a sandwich. Uh, those are the uh, priorities for me as the Alderman of the Fourth Ward. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, the Green Chicago Home Initiative is uh in process now it'll be on the ballot um in uh coming up in march right that'll that'll be on the that is the, correct yeah so people should uh take take time to uh learn about that and you know also it, it's great to have somebody on i'm from the northwest side and uh i, I tell people up here you got to get down to the south side there's so much going on um hyde park is just an amazing place but the, just the neighborhoods on the south side really are are just mirror images of what we see on the north side in Jeff Park and Portage Park. And uh, it, uh, it it's good to see. I've been down there, and I've, I've spent some time, and it's good to see that we have representatives that are out there talking up their neighborhoods and trying to bring the development that you need, but also trying to balance the gentrification that comes with that development. And that's a tricky uh, a needle to thread. Uh, it absolutely is. Uh, we think about Bronzeville. It's one of those communities that uh, we have uh, a restaurant, uh, uh, great restaurant, uh, and just the history. Uh, the Bronzeville at one point was the hub uh, for African Americans uh, that uh, folks uh, were able to uh, come and uh, listen to some jazz greats, uh, buy some insurance, great food. Uh, and so just trying to get back there. Uh, to a place that, again, uh, someone can uh, grab a sandwich, grab a bite to eat, uh, feel safe, also listen to uh, uh, a little jazz. Uh, that is what I'm working on as the Ottoman of the Fourth Ward, and I appreciate you. Oh. Okay, I think we, we lost uh, your signal, Alderman, so you're welcome to please uh, call back. The number again is 773-763-9278. And, uh, Folks, if you have any questions, any concerns, feel free to call us. Okay. I'm looking at this uh, website called the opensecrets.org. Okay. Money in politics. Money in politics. That is what John was referring to. So there's like 5 million. Oh, man. Look at, look at, these numbers are just mind boggling. Okay. There's, 
26 packs that I'm looking at, which are pro-Israel packs. Okay, folks, you can go to opensecrets.org, check it out. And these are from different, uh, they're under different names. These are the people who are actually buying our politicians. And that is why we see our country continuously getting involved with overseas, uh, you know, affairs and overseas conflicts. And uh, the thing is, oh, no, we are protecting democracy. Okay, yeah, sure. So it's the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. They have uh, donated, uh, according to this Open Secrets now, uh, 2,664,000. The Joint Action Committee for Political Affairs, the J Street PAC, the Republican Jewish Coalition, the Democratic Majority for Israel, U.S.-Israel PAC, Maryland Association for Concerned Citizens, Pro-Israel America PAC to protect our heritage PAC, Citizens Organized PAC, Desert Caucus, American Principles, Sun PAC. I mean, it goes on and on. There's like 26 different PACs that are listed here just to buy our politicians. And this is crazy to support one country that our country is going backward and forward and uh, trying to, you know, do backflips, trying to uh, justify what is happening, the genocide that is happening in the Middle East. And uh, so we got uh, a couple of people again calling us back. And uh, go ahead, uh, Ken. The alderman's back online. Okay, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> alderman, thank you so much for coming back online. And uh, you were talking about some of your priorities now as a first-time Alderman, what brought you into running for public office? Why? I was a, a state rep prior to. Uh, I was a state rep in the in the General Assembly for five years uh, in the same area that I represent uh, as alderman, uh, and I thought that it was important uh, to shift uh, from the state house uh, to the city council. Okay. Uh, the job uh, now gives me an opportunity to be be on the ground. And when I mention development, that is certainly uh, in the alderman's uh, um, lane to be able to develop a community, um, uh, bring businesses in, and also to work on a safety, which is a, a a large piece of the struggle that we're facing across the city of Chicago. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Alderman. And you're always welcome to call in, join us anytime you want. It is your show, and you are more than welcome to be a part of it in any way, shape, or form that you want. Thank you again for calling in. And, uh, folks, we have a quick uh, thing that uh, John actually wanted to bring up something. John, go ahead. So uh, we touched on this last week, um, and I think this kind of goes to the broader, you know, issues of what's what are the role of our politicians and what are their uh, what's the accountability look like. Mm-hmm. I want to play a couple clips from the uh, Trump immunity uh, hearings, and it was about a two-hour hearing where both sides got to present, and uh, some really stunning uh, positions were taken by Trump's uh, uh, legal team. Uh, maybe we can play clip number two, and that'll kind of set the stage for what we're talking about. I asked you a yes or, no, yes or no question. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached, would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. And so, so your answer is, is no. Is, my answer is qualified yes. So right there, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that 15 seconds or 20 seconds 
of argument. Now, it's important to understand when a lawyer is making a case, making an argument in front of any judge, they are representing the approved position that their client wants them to make. Right. Now, you know, legal teams do their research. Now, he's saying, in essence, that that it's a qualified yes, that it is okay for a president to use SEAL Team 6 to execute a political rival. A qualified yes, just the the fact that he would say, yes, it's okay to do that, and here are the here are the conditions where that's allowed. I don't know. I want to live in a country where there are no conditions where my political leadership can assassinate their opponents. Um, mm. And then what's interesting as as you go forward into this, you know, into this testimony, uh, judge uh, that was Judge Pan that was asking that question. <clears throat> it's a three judge panel. Judge Henderson, uh, a, 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 this is a Bush uh, appointee. Yep. Um, she brings up the paradox that during the uh, impeachment testimony, that bo- in both cases, there was an argument made that don't do this now. Impeachment's not the right place to do this. The best place to do this is after he's out of office. So if you could go ahead and play, uh, looks like clip number four. Should... I think it's paradoxical to say that his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed allows him to violate criminal laws. Hmm. And that, I mean, it's like she she really frames it it incredible there that that they're making the case on one hand uh, that he should have absolute immunity. And he's, he's been saying this now on the on the campaign trail saying that, well, you know, if a president can't do this stuff, you know, whatever he wants, then how can he function? Well, the country's functioned, you know, for pretty, pretty well, pretty for well all, all, all these w- years without, without the assumption of any president <laughs> becoming a king Trump, saying yeah. the only way I can do my job is if I can <laughs> execute people with SEAL Team 6. Okay. So I just thought it was really important. You know, if you if you have a chance, if the listeners have a chance, you can find this this the full audio of this testimony, and I'm a complete geek for for this stuff. But listen to it and hearing the arguments that they're making. It's really important to understand this is the case that Trump is making. That we need somebody who is allowed to take go to the far extremes. And look, there's a huge gap between your everyday, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors and SEAL Team Six executing your political rivals. But the question is, there's. All the things that a president can do and what he has controls over it is saying maybe he's never going to issue an order from, for SEAL Team 6. Yeah. But there's an awful lot of corruption and an awful lot of uh, dictator-like behavior you can execute that will never get an impeachment. Because that's the qualification that their attorney is making, that only if he's impeached. So he'd have to be impeached first. And then... He, after he's out of office, could be tried for these crimes. And that is nowhere in the Constitution <laughs> at all. Okay, I mean, that's a great argument they're trying yeah. to make, but it doesn't exist and in reality. Folks, uh, one of the things that I want you all to take away from today's show is this. Okay, it's our country. Let's take it back, okay? Uh, Trump, even though he's blustering every single day now, remember in the Iowa caucus, only 7% 
of registered Republicans came out to vote. So it's not all Republicans wanting Trump to become the next president, okay? Uh, about and only s- half of them voted for him. So this is not yeah. like <laughs> okay. our country is saying uh, this is the guy. It's like 60,000 people came out in the Iowa caucuses, 60,000 registered Republicans, so 7% came out to vote, and half of them didn't vote for him. Okay. Now, there's a, some question on who he's going to try to bring on for the vice president thing. I'm thinking Goebbels. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> they're going to resurrect that guy, right? Okay, uh, definitely for sure. Uh, what what was that uh, kid's name? Uh, you know, Ramaswamy or something. Uh, oh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's sucking up to Trump now, saying, "Oh, what a great a great leader, Mr. Trump is." Stop sucking up, Vivek Ramaswamy. Well, so far, every candidate, <laughs> okay. including Hallie, has said they would pardon Trump. If they were elected. So this is really down to like they're already yeah. saying accountability doesn't exist for if you're a Republican, but criminal Absolutely. prosecution exists. Remember, folks. Hey, what about Biden's uh, <laughs> Hunter's laptop? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hunter Biden's laptop. This is what our Congress is focused on. OK, because these guys are bought and paid for by the lobbyists. And we have to come out and vote, folks. If you are not registered to vote, please register to vote. If you are registered to vote, please come out to vote. And before you go to the polling booth, tune in to the lightning strike every Sunday. As we come close to the elections, we will be digging deep into these candidates and their backgrounds. And don't forget next Saturday. Yep, next Saturday at uh, the Plainfield Central High School. Uh, do come in and join us in the morning from 10 to 1, uh, 1.30 or 10.30 to 1 o'clock. And uh, by the way, we are also asking for donations of warm clothes and some household items. If you remember... We had Ali Khan from Humanity Relief as our person of the week a couple of months back on on the radio over here. And we have invited his charity to come and collect some donations for his uh, constituents out there. Come out and help. Let us make this country great again, not Make America great again, like our, you know, orange, uh, orange Jesus wants to say. And also, we have the T-H-E TurningPointPodcast.com. Mohammed and I have been doing this for a while. If you want to listen to something while you're driving that two-hour drive to Bloomington, Illinois, check it out. (laughs) Please do, and uh, stay warm. It's uh, going to warm up next weekend, so welcome back next weekend. Same time, same place. We'll be glad to have you on the air with us. Again, remember, TLSChicago.com is our website. TLS for The Lightning Strike. We'll be seeing you next week. Have a wonderful week, folks.